It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic, where we're going to try to make it a better show than we did last week, which was a really low energy show. Uh, this week, I have Tim and special guest, Ben. Hello. Hi. Jeff's not here this week. I'm supposedly not allowed to make up something about where he is because he doesn't like it when we give him an interesting life. <laughs> Isn't he in Macau this week? <laughs> I, you know, he's scouting out a volcano that we can all throw ourselves into when, when the darkest timeline really gets even more dark. Isn't isn't he fur smuggling next week? <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should talk about? Colby Cave. <laughs> oh, poor Colby Cave. <laughs> Did he even see a shift? I haven't noticed. <laughs> see, because he got called up on an emergency basis, then he got sent back down on an emergency basis. <laughs> it's an emergency. You need to leave. Yeah. I, don't think he, I don't think he saw a single shift in between. I think it was. Gosh, I mean, was it? He was supposed to be in for like whatever is happening with the third line, but then Bacchus came back last night. And I'll tell you one thing: I'm not sure that Bacchus needed to come back last night. No, that line was bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, ah. Uh, why don't we just get right into it? We'll talk about this this week. Let's talk about that Nashville game last night. The one time that I did not want to see Roman Yossi score was last night. Luckily, the Bruins, PK, and oh, Halak, they, they managed to uh, stave off any more bleeding after that one goal. But man, it's like, Roman Yossi, you're allowed to score against every team except the Bruins. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. He was like, now you see it, now you don't. Now you see oh, Tim. Oh, man. Well played, well played. Getting them in early, <laughs> making it hurt. <laughs> his, favorite, his favorite fashion is Yossi Couture. <laughs> 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 oh, they need to be on uh, the All Star game together so they can have the the Yossi Couture. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. Wait a minute, are you talking about Serbian Tom Cruise? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anytime I think of it, that's all I think because it's like it's all teeth. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you're a hockey player. How come you have all these teeth? <laughs> so yeah, losing uh, Marshan for 14 minutes due to a blown high sticking call, uh, that doesn't help the offense at all, for oh, sure. Okay, yeah, so I've managed to put that out of my head a couple of times. I'm glad you brought it up again. They played and replayed that whole bit of tape. He didn't high stick the guy. He didn't do anything. Who was it? It was Sissons. Sissons totally faked the whole thing and then when marshan decided that he wanted to point out to the refs hey he faked it the refs not only put him in the box because you know he's 
reputation yep. precedes him. Uh, they also tacked on the 10-minute game misconduct because he hurt the fees of the officials. Like, the officials were all like, no, 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 no. Just get, go away. We're, we're done. And, and no, that didn't help. Uh, I can't imagine that uh, Marjan felt very pleased about that. And uh, um, I think everybody was pretty fucking pissed off about that. Here we go. Swearing already. Um, yeah. Presumably we'll see a fine for the, the, the embellishment. Uh, but, you know, Marcia does have to, unfortunately for him, uh, he has to keep his, his, his uh, emotions in check there. Uh, we, we need him on the ice, not in the penalty box. And, yeah, maybe the officials uh, mishandled that. Uh, you know, never minding the you know, blow in the call. They're going to blow high-sticking calls. It just happens. But how they handle a player on the ice uh, matters a lot in terms of uh, how situations might escalate or you know, how to defuse the situation and uh, you know, whether or not it was Martian really being out of line or the officials being out of line with him, hard to say. Uh, but uh, for Martian's sake, we need him to score goals. We need him to not be in the box. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about Marshy. Uh He was the thought that I had this morning on my morning walk because – He's he's just not marshy right now. Goal scorers are streaky. Uh, I don't. I'm not worried about about marshy. Uh, that top line is lethal. Like if you don't stop that top line, they will eat you alive, and it's all over. Uh, and that's including Marshan not being on the uh, you know, hot scoring wise. Uh, goal scoring is streaky. It comes in bunches. Uh, I'm sure it'll turn around reasonably soon for Marshan. Marchand, sorry, Marchand. Yeah, it's Marchand this year, but I yep. just like to call him Brad because then I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but the I, Red Brad five thousand here. Yeah, he's a little different than Hockey Bot, whatever number. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just I worry because I feel like Brad is trying to take that next emotional step in being a player where he's like, uh, you know what. I got out of hand during the playoffs, which I still think it was hilarious that he was licking people. But, you know, apparently the league didn't think it was so hilarious um, to the point where they talked to him a couple of times or had people talk to him or whatever. Or, But I just worry because it's like I love that he's like trying to, to be a better guy on the ice. But, you know, he's still going to have to deal with his reputation and he's going to get these calls against him just because of that. And uh, people still hate him, but who, I don't think he cares about that. But I, I just, I want him to, I want him to be the Brad that we know and love. And also I picked him to be the top goal scorer. So come on, Brad, score the goals. Yeah. Brad, score goals. I mean, the assists are lovely, you know, and, and I hate that he got thrown in the box last night for pointing out the obvious, but He's going to have to work on that too. Dang it. Yeah. Brad score goals and help others do the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Cam Neely's had a talk with him, but you know, Neely went through the same thing uh, early in his career as well. Where, like, yeah, on one hand, yeah, you can fight like nobody's business, but you know, we need him on the ice and scoring goals, not you know, spending five minutes every game in the box. So maybe you, know, you can have a – presumably he's had similar conversations with, Mar- with Marchand already. Uh, maybe uh, a couple more conversations have to get had. Yeah, I I think that Brad's trying to be a better person. I I just think that 
last night was not a good night for him in that respect. But uh, it's going to be an uphill climb. Yeah. I, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him for being pissed off because that was kind of shitty play calling or you know lack of actual um, lack of an actual penalty. And that just ticks me off more than anything else. But last night, uh, the penalty kill was great because they had plenty of penalties, and including that four-minute-long uh, double minor, and then the ten minutes that Brad was gone. Yeah. And that's been that's been something I've been finding interesting with all of the injuries and and uh, man games lost uh, amongst the def- the defense that the pe- that the penalty kill still been really solid. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, last night you had Zidane Chara uh, 608 on the ice for shorthanded. And then uh, the top one after that was Brandon Carlo. And then uh, who did we have for forwards that were top shorthanded people? Corrali Marshy, oddly enough. Uh, I think Marshy. Oh, no, it's Ber- of course it was Bergie who, who led uh, for the forwards uh, on the penalty kill. But uh, there was that one instance where I think that uh, that he almost scored, but I swear there were just sections of the ice that were oiled down because Bergie fell like three or four times on the ice. <laughs> there were times, like if you got over the red line it was, without falling, it was pretty amazing. I I, I don't know what happened last night. The, the ice was not the best it could be in Nashville. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically uh, there were five instances that they, they were on the, the PK uh, and they, they held Nashville to nothing. Uh, the one goal was by Yossi, and it was just kind of, it was uh, a Danton Heinen missed play that kind of happened there. Yeah, that second line really needs to get it going, and I'm not sure what the issue is. Uh, maybe maybe it's simply younger players not having, you know, not developing enough or that sophomore slump kind of issue, but DeBrus just isn't functional right now. No, no. Although, you know, last night he did make a key block at one point and he paid for it by getting somebody fallen all over him after that. But yeah, he's, I think depressed is trying. It's just uh, the, the goals aren't coming. They like, like you said before, goal scorers are streaky. Uh, when he was first put over into his offside, uh, he had a couple of goals, but not much since then. And Denton Heinen, I know everybody is just like, don't give up on Denton Heinen, but I, I don't see the same stuff out of him that everybody else sees. I don't know if they're looking at potential where I'm looking at like what I'm seeing right now. I'm frustrated. Uh, we know this week uh, Ryan Donato was sent down to Providence. So that's definitely like, uh, that's a message. It's another player that's not that I had high hopes for this season and hasn't really panned out. Anders Bjork. I thought would have a better year, and that's not panning out either. I mean, even, you look at you know Heinen and DeBrus; they have three points each in 13 games. Like that needs to change. Uh, maybe it's simply they need to develop more over the course of half a season, and then the second half they'll kick it into gear. You know that might happen, uh, but uh, at the moment, uh, if if Bergeron's line's not scoring, then nobody's line scoring, and that has to get addressed. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit last week about how when do you want people to really be performing? I mean, obviously, you want them to start off the schneid. You want them to be performing right off the bat. But right. when when do you look at it as like it becomes a problem when they're not performing well? You know, do you want them to for- perform better in the beginning of the season and then kind of plateau and then fall down? 
Or do you want them to kind of build it up and then towards the end of the season, you want everybody to be kind of on, in the same same way? So it's it's frustrating right. because I, I don't know what's going on with the schedule rollout. We've, we're 13 games in and it feels like, you know, some t- some weeks we have to wait four or five days for a game. Uh, it's just, it's like the season is rolling out in slow motion. It's kind of hard to get into it in a way. But I wonder if the players kind of feel that in a way too. Because it was four, I think four days between uh, games. They played on Tuesday night and they played on Saturday night. And considering they had that layoff in between, they they played excellently last night. They couldn't get it going, but they, they got it, you know, they, they, they managed to keep them to one goal. Yeah, I I think, well, I think a lot of that is, too. Halak's been playing pretty well. Um, he played it really well uh, last night. I, I expect him to probably play in Dallas, too, just because I feel like he's just, he's playing better right now. So you, you got to play him kind of like they did with um, Dobby last year relied on him more but i think with this in terms of scoring i think they've played what 13 games now i think if it's another like 10 games or so and players are still not scoring on other lines then it becomes a problem because you're at that point a quarter of the way into the season and with a quarter of the season you kind of start to realize maybe what the player is going to do this year i think anyway Mm. What do you feel about this whole Halak versus Tuca thing right now, Ben? At this point, as much as I'm pro Tuca, I, I think you go with the, the hotter hand at the moment. We need to get wins. Halak's the one who's getting the wins. Not much uh, different than that. Uh, and yeah, I'd prefer that Tuca get his, his act in gear. Uh, and when it comes to Halak, I don't think that he's going to be that awesome for, the, for for a whole season. I mean, you, you talk to Islanders fans, like they saw greatness out of, out of Halak and they'd see uh, him tail off as well. So uh, I don't, I don't expect Halak to, to stay consistently this good, but at the same time, if he's this good right now and Tuga is not this good right now. And, you know, as the uh, Sean McIndoe has been saying on uh, down goes Brown, uh, it gets, it gets late early around here. So if you don't start, don't start getting wins now, uh, then you're going to pay dearly for it when you're trying to make the playoffs. Right, right. Uh, I believe in just going with uh, Halak for right now. Uh, I don't, I don't want to address anything about Tuka other than Halak. Uh, he's doing, he's doing the job right now. But I remember down, down with the aisles, Thomas Grice actually won the job after a while because Halak was so spotty. He's not consistent. I think is the the main thing. So if he's hot now, ride him now and. Get ready to to throw Tuka back in there. Yeah. Why don't we move on and talk a little bit about that uh, Carolina game? Oh, no, wait a minute. Before we do that. Last week, um, Jeff and I had a, a fun little argument about the standings, how to read them and everything. And I, I understand that they they provide the standings for you in, in multiple ways that you can look at it right now, you know. And, and the most useful is the wild card and, you know, what, what the playoffs would look like if it ended right now. I am um, stubborn because I don't want to think about that with 70-something games to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But we were talking about, uh, before we started actually recording in earnest, we were talking about where the team needs to be by a certain time. Right? So, well, I think the general idea is by Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving, which is... 
what, the 22nd of this month? The Bruins should still be within the playoff structure. If not, after that, it's going to look really bad. Because we were talking about the LA Kings and how right now it looks like they're they're out. Because they've got a lot of bad things going on. Last year, weren't the Bruins actually technically out of the playoff structure at that point? They had a really bad start to the season when all of the injuries accumulated. It was bad. I don't think they were at that Thanksgiving Day cutoff point. They okay. were... Yeah, they weren't. They weren't six points out. Okay. But it was still bad. Like it wasn't what was going on was clearly, uh, you know, not helping. Okay. I don't know. This year reminds me a lot of last year, just in terms of injuries and everything like that. It kind of, it seems like we're starting off this year like we are last year. Well, I mean, certainly starting off with Tory Crew, who has since returned, being uh, out of uh, the picture. You know, and then now we have uh, Charlie who's been out and he was placed on IR retroactive to, what was it, October 18th or something. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on there. Do we still think it's a concussion? What What's going on? It's a heart or concussion is, a, is the only two, or maybe a shoulder thing, but hard to say. Yeah. I, I don't want to believe it's the heart thing because I think that that procedure is pretty clear cut, but... I don't know what's really going on. They're not really talking about that. And uh, it sounded like he was making progress, but then they placed him on IR, which is probably just a salary thing. I don't know. Anyway, I can see how it looks like it's similar and that there's like a rash of injuries that are happening, but it just feels different. Maybe because last year we had a little more zip in some areas. I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens with the uh, Bruins going forward up through this month. Right now, where are they? Are, are they they're three? They've they've got like the third slot. Yeah, they're in the third, yeah they got the third slot right now. Okay. Montreal and Buffalo have the wild cards. Stupid Montreal, but good for Buffalo. I don't really have a big problem with them. Buffalo's uh, doing pretty well. It's uh, coming out year for Eichel, I think, and uh, some good pieces in place there. Yeah, it looks like they're doing all right on their rebuild, and that's good. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, Washington is outside of a, a wild card spot, and I don't th- think that'll hold for long. I think they'll be climbing right back in there soon enough. So you know, we'll see some shakeup at the bottom two wild card spots pretty soon. Do you think that they're gradually replacing their the beer that's been thro- flowing through their veins with blood now? <laughs> I'm sure, that's some of it. Yeah, you get some of the cup hangover still. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier this week, Bruins got to play against an old friend, in quotation marks. Actually, friend of me. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, that's more more the case. (laughs) Um, Yes, so the Bruins took on the Carolina Hurricanes down in Raleigh on Tuesday night. And uh, I wasn't sure if the Bruins were going to win that game. It took them a long time to win that game, uh, which is fine. That's what you want to see your team do, win the game eventually. But we got to play against good old Dougie Museum Hamilton. Yeah, oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> we, we started off slow that game. We started off real slow and didn't really get it going until the end of the second period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to bring up the game details because I – Remember very little about it. I, I'm sure, what, Bergie scored? It was mostly Marshawn making everybody look bad. 
it repeatedly. I like those kind of games. Although Bergeron did kind of show why he's a Selkie winner like all the time and should have won all of the past years that he hasn't because that play where he made that pass to Brad um, kind of an outlet pass there. Oh my gosh. That was just, that whole play was amazing. I remember why I remembered it was Bergie. Wow. That was, that was a sentence. Um, Bergie had three assists that night. He assisted on all of the goals, which is pretty great. But Brad was awesome. We're living in a world where we're repeatedly saying Patrice Bergeron had another three-point night. Isn't it wonderful? It's pretty amazing. And I, I go back to his you know, early years, his rookie years, and then you know, right before he got the, the major concussion, uh, where he was looking like more of an offensive player back then. Yeah, and- so I think he had like a 70 or 78-point season early on, maybe. Yeah. And then you wonder... You know, did, did the concussion change that? Did it change the way he played? Or was he always meant to be that you know, two-way shutdown kind of player? Um, uh, is, is he regaining some of the offense that he was supposed to have had you know, over 10 years ago? It's, it's you know, hard to say, but uh, interesting to see him playing offensively this well. Well, I, I really think that Cassidy's opened it up a little bit for him. The, the, yeah, the system can be a major factor as well. You know, Claude being... You know, a lot tighter defensively, not going to open the throttle offensively, but Cassidy certainly does. Yeah. So I think Cassidy just wants everybody who can score to score and just make sure you have a defensive game. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because not everybody can score. You're not going to have 20 people score uh, on any given night. That's, I mean, that could happen if there's no goalie and no other team. But basically, if you're not scoring, you're playing defense in some way, whether it's like you're taking your own shots, but failing, uh, or you're actually making sure the other team doesn't score. So, so Ducky scored on us. Of course he did. Of course it was on the power play. That's the only time he scores. <laughs> Uh, although that it's interesting in Carolina's case, they've been struggling on the power play for a lot of the season. And uh, what was also odd uh, for uh, early on for Carolina was why isn't Dougie getting more power play time for Carolina? Like, why don't you just put him on the power play? That might help, you know, with the power play problems. That's why you brought in Dougie, right? Cause he's an offensive specialist and a power play specialist. And uh, first like 10 games of the season or so, like Dougie wasn't getting, that's uh, in some game, a couple games where he's getting, you know, fifth or sixth on his team as minutes. He had one where really bad game, a couple of bad penalties, ends up riding the pine for most of the rest of the game. And so you wonder, does their coach have uh, the mindset of you have to earn your power play time before I put you on the power play? Or you know, does he realize like this is this is the part that Dougie's good at and I need to put him there regardless of what is happening at five on five? So, uh, so, yeah, not surprising that Dougie gets points and gets a goal on the power play. You know, annoying that it's against us. But he's, uh, points-wise, he hasn't been that good this year. He's, uh, five points in 14 games. So he's not off to uh, the start you'd expect him to have. So you know, maybe he, he'll pick it up over the course of the season. But uh, at the moment, you know, still only getting you know third on his team in minutes. And uh, you know an offensive pace that is not what you know, what they had uh, thought they were getting when they traded for him. Ha ha! 
<laughs> I will point out that um, it basically was a game full of power play goals. Um, they scored their two goals on the power play against us. We scored two in the second in the power play, but then Brad sealed the deal, even strength. So that was great. But you know, there were there was something else that you wanted to talk about with the with regards to Dougie because you know I what I love is that there are other people in this world who I can share my Dougie hate with. First of all, I just want to reiterate why I hate Dougie so much. Because he basically took away the hope that we had that one summer that uh, that he was going to resign, you know, as a restricted free agent. That I just thought, you know, all summer long, it's like, sign Dougie. We thought he was the defensive future, and then he didn't want to be here. So yeah. I'm fine not, with not that. Even- there was no negotiation. It was like, I don't want to sign, period. Like, he just wanted out. And, yeah, that's uh, that'll that'll sour you uh, with any fan base. Uh, if you decide that I don't want to play for you, well, you know what? Go to hell. Like, we don't want you. I, mean, I was shocked by the trade. I, I thought he was going to be our you know, the next in a the succession of, you know, great foundational Bruins defensemen. Like, you, you get your, your Shores, your Oars, your Borks, your Charas. You know, you think, Hamilton, that's going to be the next one. And then he decides, like, screw you all. I'm out of here. I want to be with somebody else. And all right, well, fine. Go. Like, don't care. And uh, and it turns out uh, I was wrong. I, he is not the foundational player I thought he was going to be. You look at uh, what he brings to a team, and he's certainly excellent offensively, but defensively, it's it's not there. It's straight up not there. And he's getting, you know, third in minutes on his team consistently, be it with, you know, Calgary or with Carolina. Uh, you can look at the, you know, the Corsi numbers all you want. You can say like, oh, Galitzin is a moron and, you know, maybe there's a case to be made there. But bottom line is your best players get, get the most minutes. He's not getting the most minutes and it's multiple teams now where that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like we should just be so happy. We should be. We should celebrate that Dougie is not here. It's like I have to reimagine my hatred and turn it around into something positive. So I don't get to have that because I'm in our fantasy league and we did an auto draft. And guess who got Dougie in the auto draft? Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> oh, you yeah. cannot play him. Do you ever? I. That's the aggravating part is that I don't have a better option because he's right. Cause he's, that's how infuriating he is. He's, he's just kind of good enough that he's better than my other options. Do you know that the one and only time I ever played fantasy hockey, I messed up something and I accidentally drafted Ryan Ellis. I had never heard of Ryan Ellis and it was such a great pickup. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of him because I hadn't really paid attention to the Preds. This is a long time ago, you know? And then I I, um, I fell in love with the Preds defense, and here we are. I'm stuck this season, though, because I didn't want the guy. I can't stand the guy. Of course, and of course you know, karma serves me right. I get, you know, Dougie forced on me. But I can't get rid of him right now because he's not good enough to trade. <laughs> so... And that's just on the on the, the basic raw, you know, standard you know, goals, assists, plus minus, what have you. Like five points, he's even plus minus wise. There's, I can't move him. Nobody's going to trade for him because he's not going to help. And nobody's uh, going to trade for him because they're going to want you to be stuck with him because you hate that him. Is, <laughs> that's the other factor, right? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not Damn lying. Damn you, Dougie! <laughs> Fuck you, Dougie. <laughs> Serves me right, I guess. <laughs> Last week, Jeff said that Dougie is a good second defenseman. He's not getting the minutes to be a good second defenseman. He's getting the minutes to be a good third defenseman. Boom! <laughs> I really wish been, that... It's been consistent. It's been with the same thing with Calgary as it is with you know Carolina. Um, and it, it, it's interesting looking at Carolina's team. And, and, and it, 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 this is going to be one of those seasons where it's not going to change the narrative about Dougie at all because he's in the exact same situation that he was in with Calgary. He's getting third number of minutes, just like he did with Calgary. He was playing behind, uh, it was Giordano and Brody were getting more minutes than Dougie. And he moves to Carolina, and you get uh, Falk, Falk and uh, Calvin, uh, Calvin DeHaan getting more minutes. Uh, Dougie's getting, because uh, of the hand in, it's the right-left shot thing. So Dougie's paired with Slavin, and it's uh, Falk and DeHaan uh, on the top pair. The, the goaltending situation is just as bad for Carolina as it was when Dougie was in, in Calgary. And then because they traded Hampus Lindholm, they don't have the offensive depth in Carolina that they used to because they moved that all over to, to, to Calgary. Calgary, when Dougie was there, didn't have, have offensive depth. So it's the same situation. It's probably going to be the same result for Dougie, and we're going to have the exact same narrative, the exact same conversation about him. It's... Uh, self-perpetuating debate <laughs> i feel bad for noah hannafin because he didn't really like playing under peters and he's playing under peters <laughs> but, the team, but the team's winning the team's winning over there like the calgary's actually having a pretty good season and maybe maybe that's going to be the difference maker for hannafin there i mean he re-upped you know he he, he got oh. traded there and he re-upped so uh, not only is Calgary having a good season, they're leading the Pacific. Woohoo! Oh, okay, I don't so, really actually like Calgary, but, you know, good for them. I'm liking Calgary now. The absence of Dougie makes me inclined <laughs> to like Calgary. You know what? That's true. I guess maybe I'm just kind of neutral on Calgary. I think being neutral on Calgary is fine, you know? Yeah, they're not, they're not our team, but I have nothing against the city of Calgary. I have nothing against the people of Alberta. Like, go nuts. Go have fun. There are lots of interesting little places in Alberta. I will say that. Like Banff. I've never been to Banff. Neither have I, but I just like saying Banff. Banff is, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. It's like out, uh, I think it's out by the the mountains. Sounds like what, what Nightcrawler does. Banff, Banff, Banff. <laughs> I will tell you that I, I think Al- Alberta, honestly, between Calgary and Edmonton, there's a lot of beautiful country there. You know, oh, yeah. you're con- you've got like the, you know, the, the, um, Canadian Rockies over off to the one side that you constantly, it's like they're on the journey with you or something, you know? So it's, I recommend going on a cross country road trip in Canada. Road trips are fun. Anyway, I'm kind of neutral on, on Calgary because, uh, I hated them with Dougie. You're right. I hated them. And now he's not there and I just have to transfer my hate to Carolina. Sorry, Carolina, but, you know, it's just how it is. You have Dougie and you have an a-ho over there. <laughs> that guy's such an a-ho. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know what's so funny? It's like I follow somebody on Twitter and he goes, uh, he's like, Aho, right? Especially when Sebastian Aho does something. Right. And and I'm like, and I always want to go, which one? Because I, right. I forget that there's actually one that's pretty good and there's one who's like stuck with the aisles. So... <laughs> Poor guy. He's not the right Sebastian Aho. There was that game where uh, I guess the Islanders were trying to target Sebastian Aho, like the, the Carolina Sebastian Aho, but they didn't send their own Aho after that Aho. Like, it would have been like a Titan against a Titan. Like, it would have been amazing. An Aho against an Aho. Do you think if they touched, like, a, a rip in the time space continuum would have happened and all of this antimatter would have come out and destroyed the world? Possibly. I, I wouldn't want to test that. Maybe that's why they didn't send one Aho after another Aho, because, yeah, that, that rift in the fabric of the universe might happen. Yes. I mean, I would not. Well, it depends on what day it is. Like, if I'm feeling especially nihilistic that day, let's do it. But, there are dark dark forces you do not want to meddle with. That's probably one of them. Yes, yes. So, you know, let's just contain the the antimatter into the other realm and not play with it too much. So, yes. But back back to that uh, Calgary Dougie trade quickly. Some were uh, criticizing Calgary heavily at the time. Like, you clearly gave away the best player. Like, Dougie's this amazing defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what what are you doing? You know, how do you know that if Hannafin's going to uh, perform that well? How do you know that Lindholm's going to give you what you need? And here we are with Calgary leading their division and and Carolina, you know, not looking so hot, uh, looking kind of mediocre. So, you know, Dougie's certainly not performing the way that people would have expected Dougie to perform either. Uh, so uh, so far, looking really good for Calgary. They have the offensive depth they've been looking for. Defensively, they're doing just fine. Uh, seems like it was a really solid move on their part. But I think you're discounting that Carolina has the little dance-offs now. I'm not going to discount that at all. Actually, actually if it, it, I can't hate Carolina. No. Part, partly because of the, the cool dance-offs. I mean, like, for, like, heaven forbid somebody bring fun back into hockey. I'm all about fun. I'm just done with the hype about that. That's all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, it, it reached its peak with Dougie when they put when the Hurricanes put out the the this dance belongs in a museum. It's like fuck you. <laughs> I, I I actually thought that was funny. I thought that was a, a good uh, uh, takedown of the whole like oh Dougie's uh, you know this you know loner weirdo only wants to go to museums. Like I think it was a fine uh, fine uh, uh, you know slag of that. It was it was perfectly fine. I think it was entertaining. Um, at the same time, I think it may have killed any Dougie dancing videos forever. <laughs> well, it was, you know, he looked really and, you know, and to his credit, even Dougie got out of his shell for once. So, like, at least good on him for that. I wanted to feel that way, but I hate him so much. <laughs> I'm trying to see the positives in a season where I'm stuck with him on my fantasy roster. All right. Yes, that was such a great thing that Dougie did. I hope he keeps on dancing. I mean, I'm stuck with Nylander on my roster right now, so. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's not even playing. Uh. <laughs> How many points are you getting there? <laughs> Big fat none. All right. I want to I wanna talk about a couple of Twitter things here first. I want to wrap up the Dougie hate thing. I was kind of hoping I could get some more Dougie hate, but that's okay. We'll we'll get it out in dribs and drabs. Ty Anderson this week, it was pointed out by a fan or somebody tweeting at him. 
I don't know. Uh, that Dougie Hamilton blocked Ty Anderson on Twitter. And he was asked why. And he's like, because I wouldn't trade for his brother. <laughs> <laughs> no talk about uh, Dougie would, is complete without talking about his mediocre brother. <laughs> Who's not even playing anywhere right now. Who he really loves, like, a lot, a lot. I mean... Where, where is Freddy these days? He, he's not signed with a team. He's probably, like, living with Dougie and Raleigh, even though he's, like, not signed with a team. He can. He's not signed with anyone, so he can just room with his brother in Raleigh. Look, I think it's great that you have such a close relationship with a sibling. But, at a certain point, don't you have to kind of live your own life? He might be down in Raleigh. Maybe he's trying to get something going with the checkers. Who knows? I don't know. Although, do they they play in Charlotte? I don't know. I just wanted to point that out. But let's talk about another Twitter thing that uh, we were talking about beforehand. And maybe Tim can tell us a little bit more about what Kevin Paul DuPont wants. Yeah. Kevin Paul, he, um, he wants uh, Panarin at all costs. And he wants to trade Charlie McAvoy and DeBrusque for Panarin with a seven-year extension. And how much does he want that extension to cost? Uh, it didn't say. It just said a seven-year extension. I can't imagine that seven-year extension wouldn't be north of $8 million. The only thing you trade a top pair defenseman for is a first-line center. That's the only thing. And to trade up, to give up McAvoy and DeBrusque, uh, you know, second, you know, first-line defenseman, second-line uh, forward for a first-line winger? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But then in the same regard, he makes fun of people for, like, coming after Tuca. You just said trade you literally just gave the hottest of takes but then you make fun of other people for their hot takes yeah yeah and i have a better plan than trade away players to get panarin which is offer sheet nylander oh yes yes this was what i was waiting for The, the later the later the season goes the more of the cap space you have to be able to sign him to that. Neil, he, he wants like $8 million a year. Is that right? I think that's about right. I think that's right, yeah. So. so that would mean really quick, looking at the happy, cool, where's that calc- the calculator? The offer sheet calculator on capfriendly.com. $8 million a year gets you two first round, sorry, one first round pick, one second round pick, and a third round pick. Just... Uh, if if it's over eight point one one eight or so, uh, then it's two first round picks, a second round, and a third round. So I, I think you make that that offer. I think you the Bruins have to make that offer to Nealander. Uh, presumably, I, I'd expect that they'd have done that already. They they do that now. They have to free up a little bit of cap space. Maybe trading more uh, gets you that room. We don't actually have a lot of options to clear like the two or three million that we need to get that space now, but the longer this goes, you, that cap hit gets prorated. So you start being able to afford somebody like Nylander, you know, very, very soon uh, for this season. And we have the picks we need to make that offer. And I, I, 
I think you just say, here, here's $8 million. Gladly give Toronto the first, second, and third and see what uh, what Toronto has to say about it. Yeah, because either A, Toronto's like, nope, we're not going to match it, so he comes to Boston, which is what you want, or you just screwed up Toronto and their cap situation for keeping all of their players. So, I mean, it's a win-win situation. And realistically, if you if you sign Nylander, you expect to be – one of the top teams left like at the end of the season. So yeah. those, so those draft picks aren't going to be like top five draft pick. So why don't you just do it? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the idea. One offer sheeting virtually never happens anymore. Right. Two screw the Leafs. I love it. Uh, but three, they're also not going to sign him for what he wants. So they're waiting for him to come down to their terms. And I've heard people say things like, oh, he'll get plenty of endorsement deals. It's like, no, pay him what he's worth, right? Imagine him playing with his good buddy, David Pasternak. Oh, how does this not sound like it's a good time and fun? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. We need to do it. I, uh, I want, I want to do it badly. And and f- for whatever reason, the NHL is so like, ad- they're so against like offer sheeting players. Like I don't know what this is. Like you're you're able to take players from other teams. It's a thing. Do it. Part part of the reason part of the reason why is that general managers don't like creating a situation where they cannot ever make a deal with the team ever again. Because if you offer a sheet, somebody like Nylander, I mean, it's within your own division. So it's, you're not, it's not like they're going to be trading much as it is, but they, GMs don't like minimizing or, or restricting the number of trading options that they have. If you, if you make a deal like that with a GM, they're just never going to trade or make an offer sheet like that. They're, that GM is never going to trade with you ever again. And that's, that's a painful thing to, to, to give up. But I think we'll live with it because we're never going to trade with Toronto anyway. Kessel and Cabrillet, but that's okay. I said again. <laughs> we got Ras for Toronto too. <laughs> I, I said again. I don't think Toronto wants to trade with us ever again. They get screwed whenever that happens. So, <laughs> so just offer sheet him anyway. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> we've already like we've. <laughs> You Toronto can't... has already made the decision not to trade us anymore. He's like, fine, we'll just offer sheet you. <laughs> <laughs> They've already said, like, we're done. We're just taking your players anyway. We don't care. <laughs> if they do it, can we have a party? <laughs> oh, I would be all up for that. They may have to, that, that, they may have to be my next jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the William Nylanders sound yeah. really awesome right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last big offer sheet I remember is when Philly offer sheeted um, Shea Weber. Right, right. And that's what got him his giant contract because um, the Preds matched it. <laughs> and then they traded it away. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's the funny thing is if you offer Neil under that 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 you know eight million a year. Presumably Toronto matches. I mean, they have the cap space, uh, it, but it also means they will never have defense ever again, ever. Yay! Yeah. 
like Matthews is coming up as a free agent like next year or the year after, and so is Marner maybe, and so they have to like make a decision. And they just gave Jonathan Tavares all the money, so like good luck keeping everyone, and then wanting a defense that's actually like NHL level. Well, you know what? There's a chance that 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 Austin Matthews will. When he has to re-up his contract, he decides not to go with the Leafs and then posts a picture of him in his Coyotes pajamas. Coyote <laughs> Coyote jersey from when he was like 12. <laughs> so, yes. another option. Tell the Leafs, trade us Nazem Kadri on the cheap or re-offer sheet, Nylander. <laughs> Give him an ultimatum. Oh, I- God, this is so hard. I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> Give us or else. We, we need we need help on the third line. We need another center. I know. Nazem Kadri would look real good in a Bruins uniform. He's he's a douchebag, but he'd be so good on our team. He'd be our yeah. douchebag. Yep. <laughs> it would be an all-time high, though. Him and Brad on the same team. Oh, my God. He'd be so good. Boston Bruins, the douchiest team in the league. <laughs> team Black Hat. Yep. <laughs> we're evil, and we, we're good with it. Yeah. I mean, because we're looking for second secondary scoring we're looking for some sort of solution to the third line center problem toronto is vulnerable in two different ways like hey give us nylander or you know make us an offer for uh for cadre yeah certainly it's a lot of you know it's fun speculation and idle you know fantasy time trying like oh yeah we're totally gonna get nylander but the the option's there i mean go go for it why not go for it yeah, I'm all for it. This team didn't really do anything in free agency, which is fine. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. fine. Good with that. Free agents weren't there. Yeah, they weren't there. That's fine. But we need something. So you need to make a move. It's fine to be the sweeness and all of that. I think you need to go bold. The The whole move for Rick Nash last year was ill-fated. Yep. And uh, it didn't work out the way that you wanted to. So it was not as bold and brash if Rick Nash had been able to perform, had he not gotten the concussion, it, it, it might have been a little bit different. Probably not. We we were just going to run into that Tampa Bay wall no matter what. But this year, we need something. You know, we've been trying to find the 3C. Uh, solve for 3C all season long. Every episode. Everybody must be really sick of it. Uh, we don't hear from them. So, you know, people aren't telling us they hate us talking about 3C and that third line problem. And Tim predicted through a random number generator that it was going to take us 78 games to figure that out. So... <laughs> At the right things are going, he's 100% right. <laughs> Tim's going to win that one. For a long season. But seriously, getting Kadri, oh my gosh, the douchiest team in the league. The team you <laughs> to hate and the team that doesn't give a shit and hates you back. That would be that would be something. That would be something. There are people who just hate the Bruins just for Brad. They just they hate him because Brad. Like they don't think they don't see anybody else in this team. They just see the guy that they hate. Imagine if you had Kadri on there too. <laughs> but his cap his cap hits reasonable. He's he'd be their second line center if it wasn't for having 
Matthews and Tavares. Yep, yep. I like the Nylander idea a little bit better just because I don't have a problem with him as a player. But you're right. If we get a player who's usually kind of a douchebag against us and he's on our team, then he's our douchebag and we don't have to worry about him. <laughs> and, we, and we don't care what other fans think either, so whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't. That's what's really extra special about being a Boston Bruins fan. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm beginning, I'm beginning to understand what it's like to be a masshole. <laughs> Through the entire like World Series, I kind of embraced that. Everyone wanted LA to win. Everyone. <laughs> and no one liked LA. No one. <laughs> they, they, had, they had Puig and Machado, and people were still rooting for LA. <laughs> like... Oh my gosh. Okay, I don't understand who Machado is, but I know that a lot of people hate him. Please explain this. Okay, so uh, he used to play for Baltimore, who's one of the Red Sox big rivals. And then over he's only 26, but he's been in the league like 5 years now. So over the 5 years, he has charged the mound at people after being hit. He has gotten so mad at someone that was playing the field that he swung and missed. And when he swung and missed, he flung his bat at the player at third base. He got sus- and it started a brawl, and it like he got suspended like ten games for it, or something like that. Last year, he slid high on Dustin Pedroia, injuring Pedroia's knee, and Pedroia still isn't playing. And in the playoffs, he. Against the Brewers, he was running to first base, and he cleated the guy playing first base oh. like he stepped on his heel. But then he that started a brawl against the Brewers, and then he doubled down on that and did it to the Red Sox in the World Series. And then not only did he do it, he did it to Steve Pierce, who used to be his fucking teammate in Baltimore. They were friends at one time in their lives. So, like, he's just, like, the ultimate douche. Yeah, a dirty one at that. Yeah. Yep, he sounds... He, okay, I get it now. I, I understand. Like, if it were a fraction of those amount of things, it would be really bad. But I really loved how that, that music came in while you were talking, and I thought it was going to be a very special douchey moment <laughs> or something. <laughs> Well, my phone, I, I'm doing a factory reset on my phone, and it beeped. And I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> also, amidst the whole thing with Boston last year, like Boston threw at him a few times because, and mainly Chris Sale, who really doesn't give a fuck what you think, threw behind him. It was like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball right behind him. And Machado went on this like long tirade with, like, all the F-bombs you could possibly have saying how much he hated Boston and how awful they are and how terrible they are and stuff. Now, the last out of the World Series, wasn't it Sale against Machado? <laughs> it was. And he struck him out. And if you look at Machado going to his knee after he struck out, he's posed he's posed like the letter K. And, a, and K is how you abbreviate strikeout. So you, that was... Perfect. It was absolutely perfect. As soon as a friend of mine saw him strike out, uh, she sent me a text saying, Oh, fuck, what is it, Jay? I think it's hurt, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) 
and the pitch he struck out on, he had no chance at hitting. It was like a yeah. dirty slider right in, and he like no chance at hitting. Like zero out of zero times out of a hundred would he ever hit that pitch. Well, then it's great. It's great that that the Red Sox won in that that fashion. I. Not being a baseball fan, did not understand any of that. I just knew that people hated him. Like, the Twitter timeline was like, oh, fuck this douche, <laughs> basically. And it's like, okay, I guess nobody likes this guy. Nope. And he's probably going to make over $300 million in the offseason. Because someone's going to sign him to, like, a 13-year deal worth 300 to $350 million. And they're going to be stuck with him for 13 years. He is really good. It's kind of adding to the problem, yeah. Yeah, like that's the other thing. He's actually like a good dude, like good at baseball. Yeah, isn't that a good dude? But good at baseball. So, yeah, Machado and the Red Sox celebrated in LA's clubhouse, which was awesome. Because I, I kind of like that. Like it's cool winning at home, but like I kind of dig, dig like celebrating on like opposing team's field like i i just something about it just is like yeah screw you even more now we get to ruin your clubhouse like i think it's sweeter at home but the bruins won on the road so um the red sox have won three out of their four on the road so they're kind of used to doing that and then there were videos going around of like, because a lot of the players went to Instagram Live during the celebration and showed like people what they were doing in the clubhouse. Rick Porcello, pitcher for the Red Sox, got butt ass naked and jumped in a giant tub of ice, water, and beer. And then they dumped more beer all over him. And this video is on the internet. Luckily, you don't really see anything, but you can tell he's naked. And it's just wild. This is what winning feels like. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't, I don't care if it's on the road. I like the winning thing. <laughs> okay, guys, this week is the big reveal of the Winter Classic jerseys. Oh yeah, we, we've had leaks already. They, they look kind of nice, actually. I think they're kind of cool. Are those actually like? Do we think they're really going to be those? Uh, they apparently came from league documents. So... Oh, I've seen the leaks. So, oh well. Okay, those are nice. I dig that a lot. I really like those a lot. I'm happy with that. It comes from a, a leaked document uh, from the league. I think it was going to, out to retailers or what have you. But if you, if you go to NHLuniforms.com, you'll see that it's a hybrid of the ones they were wearing in the 30s. And the seventy, it's similar to that 75 anniversary one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very similar to that. Uh, but it's going to be, it's dark brown, not black, is one of the big things there. So the the black, so the seventy fifth anniversary one would have been for that was honoring the nineteen thirty four to nineteen thirty six jerseys. But if you look at nineteen thirty two to nineteen thirty four, if you look at the link I just posted there, and then you then also look at 1931 to 1932, you'll see that it's kind of a mix of those two. Where it's using the B instead of that bear logo, mm. but it's using the striped arms of 1931 to 1932. Just not quite as many stripes because they have to fit the number in on the the way that they do the player numbers now. You got to add in. Uh, you need extra. You can't have stripes in that space. Uh, right. And 
it's also a lot of stripes. So the guess is, or the question is, do they wear the brown pants? Or do they go with black pants or well, something like that? Well, I don't think that you should wear brown pants with that jersey. I think you should be matchy. You know what I mean? If if the stripes were brown, I'd go brown. But I don't. I also don't like brown hockey pants. <laughs> but that's but that's war in the thirties was a, was like a light brown pair of pants. Yeah, I, I uh, know, but I just feel like in this case maybe they, maybe they go with a darker brown. Maybe they go with a darker brown. I don't know. The the other one is the Chicago one. A very in- interesting choice. Let me open that up and then save image as. Winter Classic Chicago or Hawks with that. that. And then if I go here, and then if I click on this other thing, and then I go here, and then this one. Yeah, here we go. Very interesting choice from Chicago. Wow, it's like all black. That's what they wore back then. They they said, this is what we wore. We're owning it. Uh, we're not going to change around too much. Uh yeah, it's it's going to be hard to read. Like the logo is going to be completely illegible. Uh, but if you look at 1930 to 1934 for the Blackhawks, on that link, uh, that's what they looked like. Really, all they did was just remove a lot of the the, the yoke stripes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the same thing. And I, I love it. I love that they said, you know, we're owning it. Uh, we're not going to dance around or try and re reimagine it. This is what we look like. This is what we're gonna we're gonna wear. It's so weird because I'm the I, I, I'm the type of person who's like I want more black. <laughs> you get it. You, that, that is it right there. Like, the only the only splash of color is the Winter Classic logo on the shoulder. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think I think it's going to look great on the ice. I think that's actually going to look really sharp with those two teams on the ice. It's a very different look, a very different uh, color look, and I think it's going to look real sharp. Yeah, I think I the first time I saw the uh, the the leaked jersey thing, I I did not quite think it was real, but it also seems like they've been waiting forever to even just release the images. So it's so bizarre. Wow, you cleared off that bottle, huh? Uh, I still got, there's some in there. Not much. What kind is that? That is uh, Birnenbrand. Ah. The uh, it's actually from Germany. It's uh, uh, a a uh, co-worker in when I was in Germany, like her husband made this. It's a pear brandy uh, or a pear schnapps. Mm. And it's it's quite nice. Actually, it's very well made. It's uh, very smooth, very... Actually, I should probably save some for you because that, that would be nice of me, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but ex- excellently made uh, pear schnapps from, from Germany. Oh, excellent. Getting back to the jerseys, I didn't quite believe those were the real images but the Bruins one has grown on me. I don't tend to like away jerseys that much. Although I have to say, I I did enjoy the Habs away jersey for that last Winter Classic. That they did, they did a good job. They yeah. did a very good job of that one. Uh, I would have preferred the 1932-1934 straight-up look rather than the hybrid look. But that also would have been too close of a match to the 75th anniversary jersey we did. Which is the thirty four, thirty six, you know, same jersey style, but that, that that's when they moved, made the move from brown to black. Mm. So this is the the brown look, and you know, I, the the stripes are growing on me. The stripes are growing on me. I I, I enjoy the stripes. That's like my favorite part, honestly. I'm actually hoping for brown pants because what I want to do, what I want to do with that that whole getup, I want that jersey 
and like a brown aviator helmet and a scarf. <laughs> I think it would look. I think it would look real sharp. I think it would look real, real sharp. You're gonna look really great, freezing to death in the ble- uh, the bleachers. <laughs> oh my god. I, I can't wait to spend vacation days going to a flat plain in Indiana on the first day of January next to Lake Michigan and just be outside all day. It'll be it'll be great, really. It'll be really great. Yep. Um, you can tell us about that. <laughs> Why don't you keep an audio a diary for us? <laughs> so cold. So cold. We're doing hockey vacation. We've done no planning yet, but I've been looking at things, but that's not really planning. We're doing hockey vacation this year in Southern California. That's that's a good trip. That's a good trip. Middle California, I guess we'll say, and probably wrapping up in Vegas. Cause Are you sure you're you're gonna go to the Bruins at Vegas game? Yeah. I will see you there. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on going out to that one. Yeah, I have a buddy of mine who's got tickets for me. So, oh, we can pregame. To... Oh, it's yeah. so fun to pregame there. They have the, the little mall leading up, the pedestrian mall leading up to the T-Mobile Center, and they have all these like uh, they have like a chicken and waffles place. They have a beer garden that's actually called the Beer Garden. All right. They have right. games where you can play like a big Connect Four and. Presumably air hockey, although the air hockey thing wasn't working when we were there. But there's right. like games that you can play. You can they encourage you to actually come before the game and have a good time and beer up and go on in. So it'll be my my second hockey game in Vegas. Uh, the first time was the Las Vegas Wranglers, the minor league team they had out there. Oh, oh. yeah. Did they that play at the time. same place? No, no. It was a uh, the 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 Golden Knights building is brand new. That's a totally separate building. The California trip should be good. Uh, I mean, I went to a bunch of Sharks games when I was living out, out there. Uh, good place to see a game. The fans there are really fun. There's not a whole lot to do pre or post game. There's like some bars and restaurants. There's, but there's one particular bar uh, right near the the building that I'll I'll send you the information on. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but it, that, that's that's the one to go to. It's like it's like their version of the Fours. Mm. Uh, uh, so is that uh, for LA? Uh, I like the Honda Center uh, for where the Ducks play a lot more than whatever the name of the Kings place is. Staples Center. Uh, okay. Yeah, the Staples Center. Yeah, Honda Center is great. Uh, Staples Center is it's okay, uh, but I think I think you'll like the game in Anaheim. Okay, even though the ice is supposedly shittier. Yeah, it's it's the way the building's laid out. It's the the concessions. It's the general experience. Like it was, uh, I, I it's actually. Pro- as far as buildings go, it's probably my favorite in the league. Just really? the way it's laid out. Just the way it's laid out. I haven't been I haven't been to you know, the one in Vegas or any of some of the some of the other new ones, but the way that, that the Honda Center's laid it, it has that great feature of being able to see the game while you're getting your concessions. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. With the Vegas game while well, we were up we were in the, the upper bowl area, um, or the upper area, the balcony. There we go. We're in the balcony. And I will tell you that the balcony, it's not the you climb in and then you climb up. No, you climb all the way down. So we had like, we we were, I don't think our seats were too bad. Like we had like fourth row or something like that. But we had to go all the way down the steps. And as a person with vertigo, that's not that much fun. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so, yeah. And the concessions uh, in, in, in Vegas, they weren't anything to write home about. But the pre-gaming experience is 
Like, it's really great. I, I enjoyed that so much. It, and, you know, it's nice weather and you can just hang out for hours before the game and just uh, and have a good time. So hopefully, uh, you know, I think that is our plan. So we'll get to see you there and it'll, we'll have a lot of fun. Cool. Rock on, rock on. Are there any places I can get corn dogs? In California. <laughs> the only place I've ever gotten them was at Rexall. I can't imagine you'd find them in. I I don't remember. Yeah, yeah they don't they don't do that. <laughs> they have a different range of stuff. Uh, Avocado con- toast. <laughs> con- concessions are for California. Concessions are best at uh, the SAP Arena in in San Jose. Uh, actually, no, sorry, no, probably best in at the Honda Center. The worst is definitely uh, Staples Arena, Staples Center. Yeah, you're you're not gonna get blown away by the concessions in at the California buildings, but you know, the, your Honda will do 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 well for you. Mm, okay, yeah, but uh, it's always something. It, it's a fun part of the 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 experience, the overall experience, trying to figure this stuff out. But um, yeah, uh, the Vegas was a lot of fun, um, yeah. and that's why that's we're thinking about going back again. So, and that whole pregame show. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I, that's that's half of why I want to go to the game. Well, part of one of the reasons why you really want to pregame in Vegas is that when you're in that pedestrian mall, they actually come through the pedestrian mall, to, the the drum corps, to and and everybody in all of their gear, they uh, you know the the centurion gears and stuff like that. The, the women who dress up for the show and the men, they they march through there on their way to the the uh, T-Mobile Arena. So that's fun. That's pretty. <laughs> and it's like I, I know that people are like oh i'm like no this, this is fun there's nothing more fun than just sitting at a, at a table in a beautiful area where it's like they're encouraging you to drink and have a good time before the game and you see the drum corps go through and it's like yep we're in vegas <laughs> yep. So, uh, as for hockey vacations, uh, when I was in Germany a couple weeks ago for the, uh, the industrial festival called Maschinenfest, uh, I skipped out on half of the festival that Sunday because my former hometown team when I was living in Germany, uh, Adler Mannheim, was playing against the local team, uh, the Krefeld Pinguina. So, <laughs> so I was able to duck out and go to a game there. So it was uh, well worth the trip. Uh, it was fun being the the enemy in in their building. You know, wearing, <laughs> I was actually wearing my you know Adler Mannheim jersey uh, there. Uh, who did I see? There was a the Eagles versus the Penguins. Who was the goalie? Was it Garrett Sparks? There was a one of the backup goalies was definitely a. NHL retread, uh, but yeah, a uh, really good time. Had a had a blast. Uh, oh, they had this really awkward system for buying beer and concessions, where you had to buy a a card, like one of those like like a Charlie card, but for beer. Uh, <laughs> and you had to, but you can only refill it in five euro increments, and the beers were not in five euro increments. <laughs> so, was, so you had to like figure out like what was the math of how do I maximize? So it w- I would have had to get like twenty beers to like not have any change left over or something like that. So I, <laughs> by the end of the day, like, I had like three euro left over. I just found a, one of the the Pinguina fans like here, you know, three euro. Here you go. Like, <laughs> uh, but got, got to see my my boys win. It was a two nothing game. It was uh, third period was super exciting. It was like, it was like a ten minute stretch with no face offs. So just constant back and forth action, like really, really fun game. Excellent. 
So if you're traveling there and you get the Beeren card, yep, Beeren Karta. <laughs> I've only I've only I've only seen that at Krefeld. I've been to games in Munich and in and in Mannheim, and they didn't do that. Uh, and I just like what what is this insanity? Like I can't, can't I just give you money? But no, they got a. I guess it's their way of making sure that you know nobody's stealing from the till. I guess or something. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, do they at games? Do they make you pay? Like you know, you you pay some kind of amount of money to get the cup, and then when you turn in the cup, you get the money. Because I know they oh, do that yeah. at festivals. Yeah, they did that uh, in Cryfield. Uh, they don't do that. Do they do it? No, I think they might do that in Mannheim as well. Yeah, the the fund, uh, the deposit. Yep. 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 So because I remember after uh, one time we went to Maraluna, a friend of mine like collected like twenty five of those cups. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because people were just leaving them. So it was like he just collected a bunch of them and turned them in and got the money back. There you go. <laughs> hey. Yeah, uh, yeah we've got the Treffen. Uh, the cups are kind of collectible. They have like the, the, the Treffen logo right. on them. So uh, you usually like keep one or two just to bring home and then the rest you, you, you return for the deposit. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, it's just it's just like a, a little amount of money. It's not huge, but it it's still. Oh, you rack up twenty five of them, you get like like twenty five bucks back. Like, yeah, yeah. So then beers are on you at that point, right? You know, you buy the next round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember him buying any beer for us. Although, actually, I don't remember a huge amount of anything because we stopped off at like some some um convenience store on the way back and got like all the liquor we could grab. <laughs> <laughs> And we we just were in the bottom uh, in, in the uh, dining part of the guest house just all ni- for the rest of the night. Thanks. So now that we've regaled people with the the thought of the jerseys, I, next week I expect that it's just be Jeff's going to be back, and then Tim and Jeff are just going to go. Oh my god, the jerseys! They're just going to talk about those for about half an hour, and I'm going to take all my money. <laughs> That's basically, how I feel. Yeah, I think they. I think they get announced on the eighth. I think is when they start becoming available. Uh, but I'll—I mean, I'm a—I'll probably get some email about it as a season ticket holder, so I'll let you, everybody know what the deal is on that. I mean, I'll—I—I I think this is finally going to be my Chara jersey. I haven't got, gotten a Chara jersey yet. I think that this is the the time to do it. Mm. Yeah, I did Bergeron for the last one, and then Lucic was my uh, first winter classic one. It, I was agonizing. It was either him or Marker Sturm. I chose Lucic, and then of course Lucic doesn't even play, and then Sturm gets the overtime winner. Like, ah, kill me now! But uh, I'd love to get a, a Sturm face uh, Winter Classic jersey, but those are probably really expensive. Hmm. Well, anybody who was a Brad jersey holder last time got screwed. Yeah, yeah. I got. I yeah, I did. Yeah, Bergeron for that one. But let's see, uh, Marco Sturm. I'm on eBay right now. What is it? I bet it's like two hundred bucks. Probably. See jerseys. I don't even need jerseys. A lot of photographs and pucks and stuff. A lot of autographed photos and pucks. Uh, if I were going to get a winter classic jersey, who should I get? This time around, I would go, and I know I really like him, so it makes sense. But <clears throat> I'd go uh, Anders Bjork, just because he went to Notre Dame and the game's being played at Notre Dame. That's a good choice. That that's smart. That's real smart. Yep. That's smart. Ha! Huh, you can get a Lucci Winter Classic jersey for buy it now for seventy. <laughs> really? Yeah, looking on eBay right now. Yeah. Well, I think I'll pass on that one. Thanks. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that guy. I mean, he's having a terrible year, but and he's he's basically done. But and uh, he just turned thirty. <laughs> really? Wow! Just turned thirty. Man, he's yeah. he seems like yeah. he's thirty-five, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. The way he's planned he was, for sure. That's right. He was born in eighty-eight, wasn't he? I'm gonna definitely look it up because we're in that day and age where we look up these things. But uh, when when he was traded from us, he was not great. And uh, come on, just give me the information I want. June seventh, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. Well, comparatively, uh, you had Marshy. I think just turned thirty or thirty-one. One of those two. Marshy is May eleventh, nineteen eighty-eight. So. Marshy's older than him by like a month, almost. And uh, two very different players. I've got a few months on both of them, because I'm February of 88. I have quite a few months on both of them. (laughs) (laughs) My playing career is definitely over. (laughs) Mine never began. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the, the jerseys, they look promising to me. I like stripes. That's that's one of my my things. Big on stripes. Not wearing any stripes, but I'm big on them. So that's good. All right. So Tim, do you want to just schedule, or do you want me to just schedule? I got it all written out, so I can do. I it. don't have it all written out. My phone's still restarting. So okay, I'm gonna do it. Okay. So the schedule for this week and beyond uh, for the Bruins is uh, tomorrow, Monday the fifth. Which you nobody's gonna be listening to this then because. Um, it won't be edited and out. But anyway, they're taking on the Dallas Stars, which means that Tyler Sagan's totally going to score a goal against the Bruins. That's fine. Whatever. As long as they don't win the game, I don't give a shit. Does that mean oh, that Erickson yeah. scores against us on Thursday? Well, it could be. It could be. And you know what? Quite frankly, if Erickson does score on us uh, on Thursday, maybe that's a good thing for him. <laughs> right, right. I know. He's not having a great season or... One thing that that Dallas game brings up, it's the first time we've played Dallas since our infamous let's watch a game and commentate <laughs> on it. <laughs> Are you saying we should watch the game again through subtitles on Monday night? Oh, Ben, I don't know if you caught that episode. I don't know if you should. <laughs> it's called We Watch a Game, and we basically can't have the audio on, so we have the subtitles. So it's basically we read the awkward subtitles for you about the game. <laughs> so insane. <laughs> like, you couldn't be more wrong on all of them. We don't know who Mannheim was. <laughs> and- Tyler Sagan was never actually Tyler Sagan. It was either Tyler Sequin or Tyler Sagan, like Carl Sagan. Yep. So, <laughs> Adam McQueen. <laughs> um, someone, Rich, uh, what was it? Richie was lost in the Triton Burger. <laughs> that was supposed to be. <laughs> the, the most <laughs> accurate statement, though, was McQuaid and Boards indeed. <laughs> All it said was McQuaid and Vortz. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> it was a train wreck. It was a glorious one. It was very hard to edit, too. <laughs> and then we talk in between. It was a very long episode. Um, we won't be doing that again. Uh, unless people really want that. Ooh. But that yes, it is the first time we're seeing the stars since then. 
that game in March. <laughs> okay, so on Thursday the 8th, Bruins are still at home. They're playing the Vancouver Canucks, who are coming in. And, as Ben stated, Louis Erickson will probably score a goal. Fine, that's good for him. As long as the Bruins win the game, I don't care. On the 10th, I know that, that Ben's looking forward to this one. The Bruins are still at home. And they're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, this is the game that I I put out a couple of weeks ago that maybe Bruce Cassidy, if you were thinking, if you bought into the idea that he was panicking a little bit, he wants to try to get his lineup producing and settled by this game because we know what the the Lightning are. You, You know what that team is, but they haven't played against the Maple Leafs since they got Tavares. Right, right. Um, you know, there are some notable uh, subtractions from what they were before, but this is the first Tavares-led team, I guess we'll say, uh, that they're seeing. So it, it it could be a little worrisome. How do you feel about this game, Ben? Uh, can we get some more defense back? I, I don't like going into a game against Toronto without all of our defense, but they're also missing some of their offense. Like, you know, Matthews is going to be out a bit. Toronto, apart from the game against Pittsburgh last night, hasn't looked good, but uh, you know, maybe this is the game where our secondary scoring takes off. Maybe this is the game where the Bergeron line is forced into a shutdown roll against Tavares, and the secondary scoring finally is able to get it in gear. But, you know, hopefully the defense can hold up. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think Toronto wins this one just because we're banged up. But, okay. you know, maybe maybe this is where the Krejci line wakes up. Okay. Um, so when you say you want our defense back, do you want both McAvoy and, uh, Chris look back or one or the other or, and, and Miller. Oh, Miller. I forgot about Miller. We're, we're missing half our defense. Oh it's, my God. I forgot. Right. Isn't it terrible? I forgot about Kevin Miller, but yep. yeah, he's been gone for quite a while. He, I, I don't, I haven't heard anything, but it's a hand injury. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Let's get two pieces of our defense back. That would be nice. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, I I worry about Carlo having a a just a a brain fart or something, and that top pairing not being as awesome. Chara's looked a little giraffe like on skates <laughs> last couple of games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to say, hey, his play is still up there. It's just he he looks like he's a forty-one-year-old guy on skates. I, I think this is his last year. That, that's where I'm at. I he's we need him there. He's doing an okay enough job, but I don't see a year past this one for him. Well, let's just appreciate it for what it is. Exactly, exactly. And please, Charlie, come back. Please, please, please. And, uh, uh, I mean, the good thing is that uh, Chara, for the most part, is making Carlo go and do all the young people stuff. Like, you go yep. chase all that stuff down. Uh, I'll be over here. You take that puck down there. That is great. You're doing a great job, Brandon. Okay, and then on the 11th, the Bruins are still at home, and they're taking on the Vegas Golden, Golden Knights. So it's just a shame we don't get that spectacular pregame show from the Golden Knights. But uh, hopefully the uh, Knights see to it that they just come in and lose. <laughs> So my stance is I want all of the teams that are coming into the garden this week to lose. That's all. They're all, they're all beatable teams. They're all very beatable teams. Excellent. Sounds great. All right. Oh, this is the part where we usually have Jeff say something very professional sounding. 
and uh, about all of the, the ways you can contact us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you want to try it, Tim, or do you want me to try it? You probably, uh, well, no. Okay, I, all right, I got it, I got it. All right, you've been listening to Barely on Topic, which now I'm reminded that we should just totally record this and ne- just insert it every week instead of saying it. You can find us on various platforms like iTunes, on our primary home on SoundCloud, Stitcher, other places. Google Play, that's the one. I, you can contact us on Twitter at Barely on Topic, on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. I it can be reached at VA from RI, and I said it normally today. And I am at Tim A. Richardson. And Ben can sit this one out if he wants. That's fine. Uh, I occasionally tweet stuff at Satan81 on tweet on Twitter. So if you want to say hello, I'm, I'm over there. You changed it? On Twitter? Yeah. Is it, oh, is it, oh, no, I'm Fudjo. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> even know what I am anymore. What is my what is my Twitter account? Oh, yeah, it's Fudjo. F-U-D-J-O. <laughs> I wish it were Satan81. That would be so fun. That's weird. Why? I thought it was. Nope, it's always been this other one. But anyway. I, I just had a dinner date ask me why I liked Satan, and I, I had to explain to her that it was about Miroslav Shatan. Was she a hockey That's... fan? Nope. <laughs> they need a hockey dating app. That's what they need. And it won't, and the app should not let you, let you date within the division. Yep. Don't date within the division. <laughs> the, the division filter, the conference filter. <laughs> you like the sharks? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and if you want to contact Jeff and tell him how much you missed him, you can find him at Dr. Hand Grenade. It's A-I-D, not A-D-E. It's Grant A-I-D, yep. Yes, yes. Tim takes out. Word! <laughs>